Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift. This podcast is about a community of women who are taking action where their passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. They are rising above life's difficult circumstances and using their gifts to impact the world for Christ. The purpose of this podcast is to inspire and encourage other women to use their gifts to impact the world for Christ and to provide different ideas and ways that women are using their gifts and to uncover some new ideas and creative ways that you might use your gifts to impact the world. Where is God calling you and what is your fierce calling, friend? In today's episode, The Fine Art of Positive Connection, I'm talking with my friend, Karen Iverson. She's the author of the book, Winning the Breast Cancer Battle, Empowering Warriors and Guiding Loved Ones. She's an educator and an artist. She has a message just for you. So listen in to find out how she wrote her book through journaling, what her cancer journey looked like, and how God is helping her now use those experiences to minister to others. You'll also find out she was in a movie, so don't miss and find out which one that is. Listen in while I have a chat with Karen Iverson. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fierce Calling Podcast. And today I have my new friend with me, Karen Iverson, and she's an educator, an artist, and the author of Winning the Breast Cancer Battle, Empowering Warriors and Guiding Loved Ones. And that's really a cool book because in that she helps the patients and their loved ones navigate the illness. But there's a lot more, too, that Karen is doing, and I'm just excited to have her on today. So thank you for coming on the podcast today, Karen. Well, thank you so much for having me, Doris. I really appreciate it. Yeah. How are you doing with all of this? Basically the same here as it is in most places where people are not supposed to go out for work, but just to telecommute. Similar to what I was doing beforehand because I work at a virtual school, Mm -hmm. but I did do some in-person visits as well. So those have all stopped. And actually, these past two weeks into the end of this week, as the third week, we've been closed for the schools completely. Mm. I would love for you to share a little bit about your story and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect, Karen. Okay. um, Well... Basically, I really am geared at this time to help breast cancer patients. My book was geared towards breast cancer patients and their loved ones and caregivers. But right now, I'm finding I'm drawn to working directly with the breast cancer patient. This um, started with publishing my book winning the breast cancer battle after I had had breast cancer. And I found that journaling was the main way I was able to escape. Mm. And I've always been a writer at heart. And I realized after a while, I was actually writing a book. When I was younger, I wanted to go to medical school and I wanted to be a psychiatrist. And I ended up doing a whole bunch of different types of careers. 
And now it's kind of come around full circle so that I'm studying to become a clinical mental health counselor. And I've been mentoring now for over two years and I'm doing some coaching work as well. Nice. Wow. That's really wonderful how you're working with the breast cancer patients. So what does that look like when you're working with them? Mostly coaching and helping to mentor them as well as leading them towards finding positivity in their life. So I'm really aiming at this point in helping the breast cancer patient get through what she's suffering from and be able to come out on the other side with some aspect of a positive outlook on their life. Mm-hmm. The breast cancer patient faces a lot of fear in their life and they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know if people are telling them the truth or what's the best route to take. They have a fear of recurrence. This might come back again. And all of these things are just added up into a whole mess of unknown and fear. Mm -hmm. And what I try to do is help them navigate through that fear and find something positive that's going on as well. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that as horrible as it is to go through breast cancer, there are some positives that can come out of it at the end. Mm -hmm. It is so important to have someone in their corner that's been there and can share some hope and truth. I imagine that you hear a lot of different things and it can be confusing, right? Definitely. You hear all different things and you know your first gut reaction is, I'm going to go to the internet and I'm going to research this. And there's mm-hmm. so much information on the internet that just scares you more and doesn't give you a clear reality. I really believe that you need to have a support system out there. You need somebody that you can talk to and it's important to have somebody to talk talk to that is not in your family because, and I write an entry about that in my book, that sometimes it just gets so intense that you can't always be bringing it to your husband or your brother or your sister or your best friend. Sometimes you need somebody who's just there to support you and solely look out for you. I'm not saying that your family and friends don't look out for you. Mm -hmm. It's just that you need somebody that can understand because they've been there as well. Yeah. And I imagine that is refreshing to the patient as well, because the family members are also going through the trauma of it. And so being able to talk to someone who can, like you say, be there for them and be a support and advocate for them is amazing. And I love coaching to cancel clients in a holistic manner. So I think that's really important. We hear a lot about that these days. Is there anything you want to expand about the holistic? Well, I really believe in holistic. I believe that you have to take into consideration every single aspect of a person. You can't just say, okay, well, I'm going to work with your mind and this one negative aspect of you because every aspect of you interacts with every other aspect. So you really, I believe, have to take the whole body into consideration. You know, that could be everything from what the job they're working on to their spirituality to, you know, experiences in the past to dreams and goals for the future. I think you need to look at all those avenues and, you know, incorporate also relationships with family members and friends and how that could be influencing what somebody's decisions are. Kind of like a big picture. Like in our spiritual life, we can sometimes just focus on one thing that's happening, like maybe one set of circumstances or something in our life. And we really need to step back and look at the big picture and see what God is doing in all of it. So it's kind of like a big picture thing when you when you consider all the aspects of 
a person's life. That makes so much sense, really. I think it's kind of cool too how you're also an artist. And does that ever play into the things that you do in your work life? Or is that something that you do to relax and bless other people? Or how does that work for you, Karen? It's a whole combination. You can be an artist in so many different ways. I consider my writing being an art form as well. When I first went back to go to school for my master's in counseling, I was considering art therapy. I like to use art as a medium, but I can't call myself an art therapist because I'm not trained as an art therapist. But, you know, I've been to art therapy conferences and I do have that in the back of my mind as something that I'm considering for the future as well. That's fascinating. When you were going through your breast cancer battle and you were journaling and then you said, wow, this is probably a book. What steps did you take when you were working through doing that book? I, going through breast cancer, would journal on a piece of paper with a pen. And I realized what was happening was I would pick it up again and read it a couple days later or a week later. And I would start editing it on that piece of paper. And I would just cross things out and draw circles and make arrows and write in new words and new sentences. And nobody could read it except for me, I'm sure. (laughs) Um, But to me, it made perfect sense. And so then I just realized that I had always wanted to write a book. And no, I didn't really want to write my book about breast cancer, but Mm -hmm. I found it was what I needed to write my book about. And then I realized that it was necessary because other people need my book. I love how you were describing that process because you don't usually go back and edit your journals. It's not something you normally would do. You would just keep writing and just kind of, uh, you know, let it all out. But the way that you were, I guess, having those little clues coming up that, hey, this is a book writing process because you're editing it. And I love that you used paper. Did you have like a favorite pen or something that you used when you wrote? I did. (laughs) (laughs) So funny because I'm actually recording the audio book right now of my book. And I just read over the entry that talks about the pen I was using. And it was this pink gel pen that was a breast cancer gel pen that it just ran out of ink. And I said, but I picked up another pen and it's different, but it's the same. Yeah. See, I didn't even know that about the pen thing. I love that you were handwriting because that's an art in itself, right? It is. It's very tactile and it's similar to making art in the form of fine arts because you're using your hands, you're using your mind, you're physically changing something and physically manipulating something. And So holding the pen and writing on a piece of paper, I mean, it's becoming a lost art form. It's hard for me anymore to write because I can't write as fast as my brain wants to go, you know, Mm -hmm. and then I'm like, I could type faster. Mm -hmm. And then I look at my handwriting and I'm like, what in the world happened to my handwriting? I just, you know, I don't know what happened to it. I used to take my time and make it all neat and pretty. And then now it's like, oh my goodness, this is just, nobody's going to read this. Forget it. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. So I totally hear you, but I'm glad because it is a lost art and it's so important too I think especially for younger people to keep that going keep that alive write a personal note it means so much you know it really does and I think actually going through this experience we're going through right now with Mm COVID-19 people are actually sending letters to people that's another lost art form people don't send letters by mail anymore and when you do get one by mail it's like 
oh, this is so nice. It's so exciting. You know, I got a letter, you know, it's, it just, it's like that extra step that, that most people don't take anymore. Yeah, it is. It really is special, you know, as compared to, I mean, it's nice to get a text and it's nice to get an email, but that letter in the mailbox, it's so special. It's like very mm -hmm. precious, you know, that someone took the time to do that. So yeah. I love that we're talking about that because at this time, it's a great time to send a thank you note to someone who's been a mentor or who's encouraged you or, you know, cause sometimes we think those things and we always think someday I'm going to tell so-and-so this. And it's like, well, how about now? You know, it's good to encourage other people and just well, tell yeah. them what they've meant, you know, in your life. So. Yeah, that's true. And I've also been telling people, I've been posting some positivity um, Facebook posts for people to read. And one of the things I just had a conversation with somebody that I was talking to the other day and it came out basically from this post I put on Facebook and she said how lonely she was. One of the things that I said in the post on Facebook was to literally pick up the phone and call people mm -hmm. instead of just sending them a text message, instead of just being glued to Facebook and responding to people on Facebook. I said, Facebook is great. Don't get me wrong. And, and it's amazing. It's such a great platform. There's a difference between saying something to somebody on Facebook and hearing their voice, yes, interacting with them one after the other on the phone. It's not the same when you get a message. And it's like with text messages and Facebook is the same way. The reader interprets it a different way than the writer. Mm, that's true. So I'm so glad that she was brave enough to say that. And then for you to encourage her to call someone that's really cool. So I'm glad you brought that up, Karen. Uh, and I want to switch gears a little bit because there's so many interesting things you've done, you know, the experiences that you've had. And I know that there was a time when you were an actress and a singer, and you're also trained in photography. How did those things come into play? Um, it's something that's always been woven in throughout my life. I first started acting and singing when I was in elementary school. Mm -hmm. um, when I was 10 years old, I was Peter Pan and not in Broadway, but in a production of Peter Pan. And um, that really started my love of theater. And then I went to college and because I wanted to go to medical school, I ended up stifling all of my creative sides mm. until I picked up my minor in English so that I could write my way out of it. But all of the art classes I was supposed to take, I canceled. All of the theater classes, I took one theater class in college, which I absolutely loved and got an easy A in. And then when I graduated from college, I worked for a couple of years in a variety of different fields, from science fields to um, economics fields. And then I ended up deciding that I was going to work as an actress for a while. Um, I was actually in the, the movie A Beautiful Mind. Um, really? Mm -hmm. I stopped working as an actress and I worked in education after I got my master's in education and did theater on the side. So I would do weekend shows or summer shows that would rehearse during the school year while I was teaching during the day. And I actually worked at a horse farm for a year as well. Um, while I was teaching, I taught science in the afternoon and worked at the horse farm in the morning. And that was a lot of fun too. And then after that, I went back to school studying art so that I could teach art instead of teaching science. Mm -hmm. So that brought back in the real, real love of creativity as far as fine arts goes. And then I did a couple of varying other jobs. 
And so now that I've been in Oklahoma, I've mostly been doing choir. Mm -hmm. I do do some theater shows occasionally as well. But now that I've been in the master's program, it has limited what I do have time to do. I still did a show last summer while I was in the master's program, and I still do choir while I'm in the master's program. And I do my artwork on the side at home when I find time to do it. Nice. Wow. Yeah. I imagine the master's program is pretty intense. And how, how much longer do you have for that? So I have a year and a half um, because I'm going part-time. Okay. I love how you said that you studied English so you could write your way out of it. Mm -hmm. That's very powerful. I just always knew that I would journal and and it's a way to express yourself. It's a way to find some freedom and escape what's going on because mm-hmm. you can process what you're going through while you're writing. Yeah. And you can think about the bad things. You can think about the good things. You could think about the things in between. And you can talk about this or you could talk about that. Or if you don't want to talk about something, you can say, well, I'm not going to talk about something. Or you could say, well, I am going to talk about it because if I don't want to talk about it, I really need to talk about it. Yes. If I'm correct in what I was reading about your story, that when you were going through breast cancer, it was actually afterward that you got back into your faith journey or how did that all come together? Yes. So I actually grew up going to church on holidays. Mm -hmm. And when I became an adult, many, many, many years later, I met somebody who wanted to go to church with me. And so we would go to church and he did not live in my state. So I decided that I needed to find a church that I could go to that was in my town Mm -hmm. and, or at least a surrounding town. And so I visited a couple different churches and finally found a church in my town that I really felt compelled to go to and stay at. Mm -hmm. And it was actually, I was a minority in the church, but I just felt the presence of God there. Mm -hmm. And the pastor at the end of the sermon would mention that if you want Jesus to come into your life, say this simple prayer. And I found Jesus there because I never really knew who he was before that. That's beautiful. And I, you know, I liked the other churches too, but there was something about this one that just kept me there. And I became a member there. And then I was baptized there as well. That's a beautiful story. I love that. So then did your book come out after that happened or was it during that time? Yes. So. That was before the book came out. And Mm -hmm. then when I was going through breast cancer, I was not practicing very much because I was getting sick. Mm -hmm. And oncologists, when I went through chemo, did not want me going out at all. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was really isolated and I wasn't as active on things like Facebook and emailing everybody and everything else. So Mm -hmm. I kind of pulled away, I think, a little bit. I went through that experience. And then it was a number of years later when I felt drawn to go back to that same church again. And at that time, I then became much more dedicated and really started going all the time to church. Mm. Well, I know that you had mentioned that although you might have been a little bit of a drift at that time from your faith. You knew that God was always there. In looking back on my life, I can say that. Mm -hmm. I think maybe I wasn't necessarily 
consciously aware of it, Mm -hmm. but I think he's always been there and I think he's always been guiding me. And I think that, that it's important to realize that and that, that there are time periods in your life where you don't feel as close, but you know, God is there. Yes. I love that you said that. It's so important because we might run into seasons where it feels kind of dry, but God is still there. And it's like that, well, you're, you're also an educator, so you can appreciate that little meme that goes around that the teacher's quiet when you're taking a test. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Cool. You know how God is us. Yeah. Always never leaves us nor forsakes us. So that's awesome. What would you say right now, Karen, to the listener to encourage her and just whatever God puts on your heart to share? I think just to keep going, to have faith that things are going to be all right and that you can make it. Mm, That's very encouraging. So what is on your horizon, Karen? So I'm looking forward to graduating with my counseling degree Mm -hmm. and really transitioning my mentoring and coaching into counseling. But it's really more of the same, more of helping women find positivity in their life and helping them navigate through their lives in the rough spots. Mm, That's amazing. And how can the listener connect with you? I have a website, which is winningthebreastcancerbattle.com. Mm-hmm. So anybody can go there. And then I actually now have a Facebook page, which is called Encouraging and Caring. Mm, I love that. And I'm on the Twitter handles, Karen E. Iverson. And that's both um, the Twitter handle and also the Instagram handle. Great. And I'll be sure to put all those links in the show notes so Great. people can you. find you and connect with you and check out your book. Because, you know, people need to pick up this book. Has it been something that you've been able to talk to groups about? I am looking into doing that now. And I'm hoping to do speaking engagements where I can give my book to the participants Mm -hmm. and go over the different aspects of the the tip sections, as well as a little bit of my experience with the breast cancer patients, Mm -hmm. and then also go into different aspects of positivity in the breast cancer patient's life so that she Mm -hmm. can experience and find some positive um, aspects to their life. So those are workshops I'm working on starting. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to hearing what you're going to be up to with all the things down the pike. And so I hope I can have you on again sometime, Karen. This has been really great. Yeah, that would be fantastic. I would love that. And like I said, I'm going to put all the links in the show notes so people can connect with you. Is there anything else on your heart that you feel like you want to share before we sign off? No, I just think that I think the workshops would be a great asset to uh, breast cancer patients because I do have the experience as an author. Mm-hmm. I also have experience as an educator through my master's from Columbia University Teachers College, and I have the counseling as well as mentoring experiences as well. So I think it is a good package to help people. If there's anybody listening that would like to reach out to Karen? and see about her coming to talk to a group to encourage or do a workshop. I'll make sure that you get those links so you can connect with her. So thank you, Karen. I appreciate you so much, friend. Thank you so much. It's been great, Doris. Thank you. Well, God bless you. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Sounds good. 
Thank you for listening today. I hope Karen's story inspired and encouraged you. I have all the links to connect with her in the show notes so you can pick up her book and send her a note. She'd love to hear from you. Friend, today is challenging and difficult, but God is with us and his plans for our lives still stand. I was reading a devotional today in my Bible and I wanted to share it with you. Here's a a little segment of it under time management. It says the foremost challenge a woman faces is not to orchestrate her life or to plan her year, but to order each day, allowing for sufficient rest, proper nourishment and exercise, and a quiet time spent exclusively with the Lord. To focus on what is really important, meaningful time must be assigned and vital relationships, especially with a spouse and children in the home. The woman of strength arose early to plan for the day's activities, Proverbs 31:15. Just as she had maid servants, women today have appliances, vehicles, as well as utility and telephone services. These blessings of God are ready to help and serve women in daily mundane tasks, giving them a maximum amount of time to spend with the Lord and to serve others. How fitting for this time, such a time as this. I love how it reminds us the things that we have at our disposal, the modern conveniences, even if this It's a time right now, for example, of inconveniences. We have modern conveniences. When I would read the Proverbs 31 scripture and be like, oh yeah, well, she had maidservants. I don't have a maidservant, but it's true. We have all of these utilities and utensils and appliances, all these things that make our life easier that we often take for granted because really we don't have to go out and churn our own butter or beat our laundry on rocks at the river. We have modern day conveniences and we also need to remember that God is with us no matter what. And those modern day conveniences are not just to allow us more time to fill, but to allow us more time to fill with him. I'd love to read you Psalm 34. The happiness of those who trust in God. I will bless the Lord at all times. And then I have it circled and in the margin I wrote all times, good and bad. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, 
There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see God? Actually, it says that he may see good. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. And I circled the word all. He guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. Isn't that a beautiful Psalm, a beautiful word for today? And I love how God repeats it in the Psalm, as David writes, that the righteous cry out and the Lord hears. The Lord hears us and he is near. And the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him. So be encouraged today, friend. God is with you and he loves you. And he is not oblivious to all that is happening. Nothing happens without his allowance. And so we can look for the blessings in the blahs. I hope you'll join me next week when I invite another woman to share how she is using her gifts to impact the world and where she's taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon.